Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome back to In The Pink with me, Natalie Pinkham. Thank you so much for your feedback on Mauricio Posticino. What a lovely man he was to talk to, um, very honest and open, and uh, really hope, as many of you do, that he will come back to the Premier League very soon. Okay, next up, we've got a team principal from Formula One. It's Red Bull's Christian Horner. He tells me how he got into the sport, his relationship with some of the big dogs, like Helmut Marko, Bernie Eccleston, Dietrich Mateschitz. He tells me about the support he and his wife, Jerry give each other in their respective careers. And, of course, about Red Bull's chances for 2020 and beyond. Oh, and he also talks about Red Bull's new podcast, which is definitely worth a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr Christian Horner. So here we are, Christian, about to embark on a brand new season. You still have all the energy and look sprightly and fresh and ready for the challenge. Is that how you feel? Well, yeah, it's always exciting, you know, the first day of testing. It's like, you know, first day back at school, really. So, you know, the new cars you see for the first time, you get to, to experience your own car uh, and start to learn about it. And I'm, I mean, what's so impressive is, you know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago when I first started, you know, if you did 50 laps in a day, you'd be sort of OK with that. Here we are, having done probably 160 laps. Um, the reliability of these cars is, is quite phenomenal. It's bonkers, isn't it? I have to say that for someone... Are you 46 now? 46? Uh, oh, do you? Go on. Go on. All right, I'm 46, 46. yeah. 46. 46. 46. You have packed an awful lot in. You seem a kind of... Take this in the right way. Take this the way it's meant. You seem like older than your years. Like Thank an you. old soul. I mean, you look great. I'm saying, though, you've achieved so much in actually a relatively short space of time. When... Dietrich Mateschitz first took a punt on you. Is that how it felt? Was it, did it feel like he was taking a bit of a gamble, given how young you were to be appointed as the youngest ever team principal? Were you surprised that he did that? Yes, I was, and no. That uh, yeah, I was 31 years of age. Um, I'd run drivers for him and Helmut in Formula 3000, which was the old Formula 2, and I'd won the championship um, for three years in a row in 2002, three, and four. And um, I'd been looking to move what originally the Arden team into Formula One and was looking at buying Eddie Jordan's team and, and so on and so on. But then, um, you know, Helmut asked me to come and see Dietrich uh, at the end of 2004 um, because they just bought 
what was the Jaguar team and they wanted to have a change around, um, you know, change the management there and uh, they decided that they wanted me to become, you know, team principal and, and Gunter Steiner, of all people, to become become technical director and so, um, you know, that was, that was the setup of the team heading into the 2005 you know, Formula One season, and so you know, Ripple have had always had a, a philosophy of of backing youth, and I suppose they did exactly the same. You know, with with me, Helmut had seen how I'd operated in in Formula Three thousand, racing against his team, um, and then lastly with his drivers that he was representing for for Dietrich, and uh, uh, you know, Dietrich gave me gave me the chance. Modesty may prevent you from telling me how you really feel, but what was it? you think that he saw in you that he thought you could take this team you know because originally you perhaps weren't taken as seriously as you should not you personally but the team you know fizzy drink company and all the rest what was it about you did you think you were be good for a party i doubt it i, I you know <laughs> you just I, told me that the most exciting time was the first day back at school so you're really a geek aren't you not really i mean i didn't really excel at school i was more on the social side of school than the um the educational side but um no i look I think he saw that, that I was a competitive person. I'd grown up in this sport. I'd been involved in in racing since I've been 11 years of age, and um, you know I wanted to win, and I wanted you know I was ambitious, and and uh, you know he he shared that ambition, and uh, you know he wasn't afraid to give me a go to take a chance. It would have been far easier to take somebody you know more experienced that'd been around the block a bit more, but uh, I think he saw. You know something in me, and uh, and gave me the chance. And you've repaid that with your loyalty to the team. Can you ever imagine working for another team in Formula One? Very difficult to imagine. I mean, I've been here. Um, you know, it's my 16th season. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a long time. Um, I feel very much, uh, you know, a, a responsibility to the team. Um, yeah, I've grown with the team as you know as well, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I could. I couldn't manage imagine being with another team. Because sometimes we talk to drivers, and they all kind of harbour secret ambitions to drive for Ferrari at one stage in their careers. Is that the same for team principals? I don't know. Not this one. Um, <laughs> I don't speak Italian, um, and uh, you know, I enjoy the people that I work with, and uh, it's been a great journey so far. You know, in terms of being in the, involved in the team from the very beginning, building the team, you know, getting Adrian on board, working with him, um, and the great group of people that we, that we have, and that's the biggest enjoyment I get, is, is working with the people. I mean, what a smart appointment that was, identifying Adrian's talent and bringing him across. Was that, was that purely your decision? Because it was something of a coup, and the relationship that's developed between you guys, the dynamic between you, him, Helmut Marco, Dietrich, just seems to work. And from the outside looking in, you wouldn't necessarily expect it to, but it does. Well, I'd always been a big fan of Adrian's cars. You know, I sort of followed his, his career when he was with Leighton House. I was sponsored by one of the sponsors of the team. I then followed him when he went to Williams. And I just admired his cars. I mean, they were just pieces of art. And so when I first joined the team, I decided to apply the same, same philosophy that a served me well in Formula 3000 and that was to attract the best engineering staff you can and Adrian for me was you know the all-time best and you know he wasn't particularly happy or content at McLaren and you know I remember making it you know an intentional to bump into him in in the first European race in Imola 
And uh, you know, we just started chatting and I invited him in the energy station and he seemed to enjoy the energy surrounding Red Bull. Uh, and then of course David Coulthard was our, our driver at the time and so I asked David's advice. I said, look, you know, I, I'm getting a sense that Adrian isn't happy at McLaren. Um, and I'd really like to have a run at you know, getting him to join yeah. here. And so he immediately said, right, what we need to do is have dinner with Adrian and his then wife. Uh, and, uh, and so he set that up with Marigold, Adrian's you know, former wife and Adrian, about the Bluebird in, in London. And, um, uh, and yeah, we just hit it off straight away. It turned out that he'd grown up in the same part of the UK as I had. And, um, okay, he's a few years older than me, but uh, yeah, we just had a, a you know a lot in common, and um, uh, and then it was a matter of introducing him to Dietrich, and uh, uh, and Dietrich was incredibly supportive, um, you know, to get Adrian, you know, on board, and uh, and then people started to take us seriously. Suddenly, Adrian knew if Adrian knew he was prepared to go to Red Bull, wow, they must be. Um, you know they must be serious in their intentions and then you know quality people like Rob Marshall and you know Jonathan Wheatley those kind of guys were were then easy to recruit off the back of that and crucially they have stayed loyal I think it's just so interesting to see that if you create the work the right environment people will stay is that something I mean I suppose looking back you must probably bracket 2009-2010 through to 2013 as, as, as a kind of the purple patch if you like of your your time here but presumably hoping to recreate that very soon absolutely you know what the biggest asset in this business is not the factories and the motorhomes it's it's the people it's the people that work in those facilities and and once you attract the right people if you can provide the right environment for them and share the same goals and objectives then you know, I'm a great believer in continuity and consistency, and then people, you know, aren't afraid to voice uh, an opinion um, for fear of being shot down. There's not a blame culture, you know, within our team. It's a completely apolitical team, and you know that way. You know, people have been here a long time. You know, whether it's whether it's Rob, whether it's Jonathan, whether it's Rocky. You know, they've all progressed within the organisation, but you know. Ollie Shack in on, on Max's car uh, was one of the first faces I saw when I walked through the doors, you know, at the beginning of 2005. And um, you know, so we've had great stability and great continuity. And of course, we went and did a load of winning between 2010 and the end of 2013. And then the hybrid formula came along, um, you know, introducing the new V6 turbocharged engines. And Mercedes have just you know, dominated from that point onwards. And um, you know, there's only two teams in the last 10 years that have won championships, which is ourselves and, and Mercedes, which is nuts when you think about it. But, you know, sport goes in cycles and, and I'm determined that, you know, it'll be this team that breaks that cycle ultimately with, you know, with Mercedes. They can't win everything forever. It's a, you know, inevitable at some point they will be beaten. So given that the sport is cyclical, as you say, most sports are, how do you go about doing that is there is there a set of regulation changes that can mark a kind of a catalyst for you know bringing success back to Red Bull you just got to keep chipping away at it I think we've had a great chassis over the last few years we've lost none of our skill in that department and I think really with um, you know the, the the new partnership with Honda that was introduced last year we start, feels like we started to build that momentum again you know we achieved great success with Renault during the V8 period we then had a tough few years after that. Uh, and it feels like with Honda, they share the same goals, the same ambition, the same, the same work ethic. 
uh, and determination. And I think that combination can be extremely potent. Now, I was listening to your podcast with the lovely Tom Clarkson, Mm -hmm. and it was at your house the day of Daniel's departure from the team. Do you know, I could hear it in your voice that you were that you were flat I mean and understandably so because normally you know you're such a pro with all the broadcasting and you've got a lovely sort of inflection in your voice but there was it just felt like like you'd been dumped by your girlfriend you know <laughs> and on reflection this is obviously like 18 months ago now I can't believe how quickly that's gone how, how do you feel about Daniel leaving Red Bull? I was disappointed at the time because I put a lot into trying to retain Daniel and get him to stay and uh uh, I, I just couldn't understand his decision making. You know, I, look, I like Daniel very much. He's a great guy. He was a great member of this team. And, and if I take off my Red Bull hat, um, I couldn't understand his logic behind the move that he made. If it was for Mercedes or Ferrari, you know, I could have understood that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a shame because there was a great dynamic between the drivers. Um, I was not aware of any frustration or favoritism that he felt existed within the team it's something we we talked about a lot over the over the years um you know and he was a he was a competitive driver but uh, he, he obviously felt uh that he needed a change he needed a stimulus and and you know the max uh factor for sure was an element in his decision making and uh you know he's uh he's a great driver and i i hope he still goes on to achieve some success do you think he regrets it? Only Daniel can can answer that. I think if he'd have been in the team last year, he'd have been challenging for victories and and pole positions. But that wasn't the case. So, um, what his thoughts on that are, you know, I'm not I'm not a mind reader. Do you think Max is a better driver for Daniel leaving the team? Because there seemed to be a change in his approach, a, a sort of maturity. Maybe that would have come anyway. But it kind of felt that he had space then to grow into once Daniel had left, because Daniel's such a big personality. I think that you know Max always played the the younger brother. You know Daniel had such a big personality that you know Max was you know he learnt a lot from Daniel while you know they were together as teammates. Um, and uh, I think that that you know after Daniel left, Max suddenly recognised the responsibility he had on his shoulders as the as a senior driver and he definitely stepped it up a gear and became more of his own person um, and uh, he shouldered that responsibility incredibly well and the way he's he's driven the team forward the, the direction that he gives you know from the cockpit in terms of development and, and, and feedback has been been outstanding. Was there ever a time you were worried that wouldn't happen because he had a bit of a wobble at the start of Oh my god, my, my years all blur into one. But was it when when Daniel won in Monaco? Yes, at the start of eighteen, start of 18 he had a bit of a wobble, and then and then really after Monaco, from Montreal onwards. Yeah, it was amazing, boom. wasn't it? What, so what what do you think changed? What, you must have seen it firsthand. I think he he just had some reflection because you know both the races that that Daniel won, um, both in in China that year, mm-hmm. um, you know Max screwed up in, and then he crashed in practice in Monaco. Um, having looked really competitive, so he didn't even get the chance to compete for that, and it was all of his own doing. And I think, you know, he obviously took a long, hard look in the mirror. And by the time he arrived in Montreal, remember he came on his own to that race, and uh, you know, he wasn't afraid of confronting, you know, uh, some of the challenges that he had, and and he just got his head down. And from that point onwards, 
yeah, he, he was in incredible form. And is Alex the right combination of drivers for him to bring out the best in each other, do you think, or is it too soon to tell? It's too soon to tell. I think Alex is a, you know, is a, is a great talent. I think he's got potential. Um, being Max's teammate is probably the hardest job in the paddock. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that Alex will learn a lot from Max and he needs to obviously apply what he, he learned last year um, as inevitably in this business expectations they only grow, they don't diminish. Do you think Alex needs to be a bit more of a ruthless bastard? He's just so lovely, isn't he? He's a, he's a really nice guy. He's bright, he's smart, he works incredibly hard. I think he does have that tenacity behind the wheel. You just don't see it you know, when that, that crash helmet goes on. And I think that we'll see this year. You know, last year is very much a learning year for him. And uh, I think we'll see this year you, you know, him, him reach his potential. Because you wouldn't want him to change. He's so lovely. He's got this kind of warmth and shyness in a way that you don't want to see that get knocked out of him because it can be a bit of a cynical old world. I mean, what do, what do you think? They used to call it the Piranha Club. What do you think, having been in it for as long as you... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You have. How, how do you view F1? Because I've heard you talk a few times about, you know, deal was done on a handshake and you're really proud of that and, you you know, it, that means a lot. Do you think it has got goodness at its core to that extent, F1? Do you think we, we can nurture a driver like Alex or do you think it's a bit of a cynical world out there and the edges get knocked off? Well, it's a, it's a results-based business and I think, you know, sport tends to be impatient and I think you know over this 21 or 22 race season we'll we'll get to see that because you know he's going to be measured every weekend against Max who's arguably the most you know informed driver you know currently in the world so um, that's going to be a, 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 a benchmark for him. And your views on the sport as a whole is it a sport you'd want Monty to get involved in? It's an Olivia, I mean, I mean uh, maybe she could be the first Formula One world champion. Never know. Um, I mean, it's changed a lot. When I first came into the sport, you know, the, the meetings that I attended, you know, Jean Todd was representing Ferrari, Ron Dennis was there, 
arguing for McLaren, usually with Martin Whitmarsh. Um, and, uh, you know, you had Flavio causing chaos at, at, at Renault. You had, you know, even Eddie Jordan was there at the, at the, at the very beginning. Um, Peter Sauber, Frank, you know, would come to the meetings uh, for Williams in those, those days. So it was a group of entrepreneurs and, you know, big characters. And when I look around the room now, it's a very different setup. It's a very different makeup of, of people. Has that meant that the romance of the sport has suffered as a result? Do you think it's become sanitised? Do you think we lack characters? How do you? I think we've certainly got got characters. Uh, you know, you've only got to have a chat with Gunter Steiner to, <laughs> to to find that out. But yeah, I mean, everything changes in time, and I think you know, if I look back at you know the 31 year old that I was when I came into the sport to the 46 year old that I am now. I suppose I get um, I get less drawn into the emotions of and ups and downs of you know there's more to life ultimately than than Formula One. It's a sport. It's incredibly important, but we're not saving lives. Um, and you know I think sometimes you do need to take a look at the at the bigger picture. And I think um, you know what would have knocked me 15 years ago. You just let it go because you know the next thing tomorrow will be another challenge. There'll be something else, um, and I think just the benefit of experience and, and life experience gives you a, a broader perspective or perspective. So is that because you've grown up with the sport, through the sport, um, or is it because your personal life, you're married, you've got kids, you know, you're, you're you, you see the bigger picture? I mean, it must be bloody hard being away from your family as much as you are I mean I know I find it hard and I only do about half the races yeah it's tough tough. I was you know I didn't have any children when I came in for one I've got um, I've got three now and uh, I think that you know everything changes when you get family your perspective you know changes uh, as well because you realize there's nothing more important in life than 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 family and so it's a matter, I think, you know, of course, the, the travel demands with this job are hugely, hugely demanding. But I think, you know, when you are there at home, it's important to be present and you can't let Formula One totally dominate your entire life. It will do its best to, but there comes a point you have to put the, the phone down. Um, otherwise, you, you're going to miss your children, you know, growing up or, or quality time with your with your family, so I try to be quite disciplined. You know, if it's not a race weekend, that uh, you know, it's it, it's family time, and you know, they they will come to a couple of races when we join the course of the year. And thank God for FaceTime. You know, um, what did we do before before that? Um, so, so uh, you know, modern technology enables you to to be present for a for a bed bedtime story or a sports day. It's so good. Are you actually watching sports day by FaceTime? It's been known. That's amazing. Because I found FaceTime actually really hard to begin with because Wilf just kept crying. Every time he saw me, he'd look around the back of the phone and he'd try and kiss the Uh phone and then he realised I wasn't actually there and it would end in tears for both of us. I think they're a bit older now, so it's it's got easier. Um, What kind of influence has Jerry on your life, your professional life and your home life to that respect? Well, I think the great thing, you know, about um, Jerry as well as being you know my wife and tremendously supportive is that because of you know the industry she grew up in and the touring and the demands and 
and so on. Um, she gets it, you know, she knows that traveling's tough and sometimes, you know, lonely, um, and, uh, you know, the, the, what the demands of the job are. So she's tremendously, you know, supportive in, in, in that respect. She never demands more of my time than I can, that I can give. Um, and, and, and yeah, she's, she's incredibly understanding. So, and it, I think, like in any marriage, it, you know, there has to be a, 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 a balance and a countenance there. It's somebody to bounce things off, you know, and um, uh, that's, that's really, really important. And she's, she's incredibly supportive. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky in that respect. I was chatting to one of the other guys in the paddock who remained nameless, who told me that he has a 24-hour cooling down period after a race before he talks to his wife again. Otherwise, he just brings in all the emotion and tension and pressure of the race. So they don't see each other for 24 hours. Okay, yeah, but you've just then half the time again that you're going to be together. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, if anything... <laughs> I mean, she, she's more Latin in temperament than I am, so she gets more emotional about stuff than than, than I do. But uh, no, look, once the race is done, it's done. You move on. You quickly focus on the next thing. Of course, if you had a bad day, uh, it can upset your Sunday evening. But Monday morning, you know, it's the beginning of a new week, and and time to start focusing on the next race, the next event. So focusing on the next event for you, obviously looking forward to the start of the season. The news came out recently about Aston Martin going yeah. over and Lawrence Stroll's involvement with them, going to Racing Point. How does that impact you? Are you sort of sad to see the end of that partnership, that sponsorship? Well, it's been it's been great for us because, um, you know, we entered into a partnership with Aston who, uh, uh, you know, at the time were emerging from a difficult period. Um, Adrian was really keen to do a, a, a road car. Andy Palmer, the former uh, COO of Infinity, who used to sponsor us, became the CEO of Aston. And so managing to, to put that deal together that saw Adrian's dream realized of producing this Valkyrie road car. Um, uh, you know, it's been a great journey. And um, you know, that car is now in its development phase and will start to be delivered to customers at the end of this year. And Aston's a great company, it's a great brand, um, but it's been sort of like spinning two plates, uh, you know, having two motor manufacturers on the car, uh, on, the, on the Red Bull Formula 1 car. And so this, it was the right timing, you know, for, for Aston, who needed new investment. It was, you know, Lawrence was the right buyer. Um, and for us, it clears the path, obviously, after the end of this year to further tighten the relationship with with Honda, so I think all round it was it was the right it was the right solution. Worthwhile timing wise, uh, you, I remember talking to Adrian about it, and actually you at the car show and saying that actually the Valkyrie project was a, a nice sweetener to keep him with you guys. Um, but so, so what does that mean going forward? It, it demonstrates that we can you know design an iconic you know road car. So Red Bull Advanced Technology have you know they've. They've designed that car to Adrian's, you know, spec, and to see that car running, you know, three of the prototypes running at Silverstone, the shakedown, you know, of RB16 at Silverstone last week was was fantastic, and you know that car is going to be a a poster pinup of of hypercars, and uh, uh, it'll be fantastic to start to see them get delivered to the customers. Talking of relationships, who do you think has been the single most sort of profound influence on your career would it be Helmut Marco? Well, Helmut's been there since the beginning you know I was a young upstart I was still driving when I first met Helmut back in 
1997 and I needed to buy a trailer because um, I started this team in Formula 3000 because I didn't have enough money in sponsorship to go to a top team so I thought well you know I'll, I'll buy a car and in those days you could run a single car uh, and, and, and go racing I'll employ a couple of mechanics and, and off we go but I needed, a, I needed a trailer and there was this trailer for sale that was in Austria in Graz and I had no idea who Helmut Marco was so I went I got on a plane went over to see this chap um, I was only about 24 25 at the time uh, we agreed a deal uh, it was 35,000 pounds um, was the was the purchase price which I had to borrow lease uh, at the time it was because I sold it for 40 about five nice. years later um, so and Helmut I met this guy seemed pleasant enough um, and uh, you know he promised to deliver the, the trailer to England and I remember saying to my father that I bought this trailer um, and he, he said well where is it and I said it was in Austria and he said well you know uh, well you haven't paid anything I said well yeah I paid everything for, for it and he said what well, to a guy that you've only just met and how do you know it's going to be delivered so I, I was sweating for about a week before it turned up but <laughs> sure as sure to its word you know to his word it turned up and then you know, we ended up competing against each other in, in, in Formula 3000. Um, and, of course, he then introduced me and, and, and championed me in front of Dietrich. So, um, yeah, of course, he's been a, a, a very big factor. I think he, I think Bernie Eccleston, I think Dietrich, by giving me that, that, that chance. So, yeah. And I suppose that was a test of trust at the beginning of your relationship. And he, and he passed it with flying colours because he delivered the... Yeah, and I delivered the cash. You get, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there is that. So it was a two-way. Yeah, exactly. Um, finally, um, is there anything that keeps you awake at night? Is there anything that sort of well, plays on your mind? Three-year-old. There um, you go. But you, you seem a very gathered, calm, composed guy. You never, I mean, the, aside from the old tapping foot, you don't seem to get particularly riled, even though you're passionate clearly about racing. So does anything trouble you? Does anything, I suppose it could be good or bad? I'm a great believer in, in, in fate at the end of the day. You know, what's going to be is going to be. Um, you can only influence so many things, and therefore focus on the things that you can influence rather than worrying about the things that you can't. And I think once you manage to do that, you manage to declutter your thought process. And, uh, you know, inevitably, you still, you know, I still get that apprehension at the start of a Grand Prix. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I still get that that buzz going into a into a Grand Prix weekend. But it'll take quite a bit to ruffle me. And and whilst you're still getting that, you're just going to stay. I mean, do you have any kind of like long term game plan about when to get out of Formula One, or are you you're going to be here till the bitter end? Well, long term in Formula One is about two and a half weeks. Yeah, um, you say that. Look how long you've been here. Yeah, but already. Never, I never thought. I never came here thinking I'd be here for 15, 16 years. I've, I have no expectation to be here another 15, 16 years. What you know, else you. Do then? I have no idea. I'd be totally <laughs> unemployable. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I'm a great believer. You just take things as they come, and and, and whatever life, you know, throws at you. And I think that, yeah, my immediate focus is getting this team back into a winning position. You know, I'm hungry to achieve more success with this team. I believe it can achieve a lot more. We've done an awful lot in a short space of time in the history of this sport. You know, we won 62 Grand Prix so far, eight world championships, you know, including four drivers, four constructors. 
and you know I'd really like to add to that um, so I'm still very driven to ensure that we improve those statistics great stuff thank you for your time it's lovely to see you good luck for the rest of the season rest of the season the whole season, the whole season. bloody yeah, hell it's exactly. a long one thank you very much <laughs> apart from China probably won't be going there might be yeah. really <laughs> Do you know something uh, I don't know? I, I think they're trying to find a way of cramming it. I mean, just probably mean to have a, like a five-header race or something Excellent. like that. Excellent. Look forward to that. You never know. Yeah. Um, we should actually tell the listeners that you have got your own podcast, yes. Talking Bull. And when does that come out? I think it's. I think the first episode's already out, isn't it? Well, I'm, I'm reliably informed that it will come out on... <laughs> two days ago. Two days ago. So, so it's out. a great podcast. I mean, it would be somewhere nearly as good as, as yours. <laughs> um, but it's well, it's well worth a listen. I think the drivers are on it as well, talking about their hopes and expectations. And everybody does podcasts these days. You know, you don't listen to the radio anymore. You just listen to a podcast on the way well, to work. Baby. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm delighted to have you on mine. So thank you very much. Thank you. So that was Christian Horner. I hope you enjoyed it. Please give us your feedback and let us know who else you would like me to chat to on In The Pink. And remember, we still have some of those Bose noise-cancelling headphones up for grabs in our competition and a handful of Premier League tickets too. So that was Christian Horner. Let us know your feedback on that. And don't forget to check out The Car Crowd, your chance to own a little slice of car history so that was christian horner don't forget to check out our sponsors for today's podcast the carcrowd.co.uk your chance to own a little slice of the car of your dreams okay i have two new obsessions that i need to share with you impress no glue press on manny's and impress press on falsies lashes Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 